0: Welcome to Theories of Evolution, a podcast about exploring the lessons we learn on life's journeys from simply being to fully becoming. I'm your host, Shannon Stewart, and I'm excited to have you with me as we, well, talk through some stuff. Hopefully we'll have a few laughs along the way because, hey, we all know life can simultaneously be messy and funny. Let's do this. For as long as I can remember, I have both... Loved and hated myself simultaneously. I know that sounds a bit strange, and maybe it doesn't. But from my perspective, I have loved many things about who I am as a person, what I'm capable of, the way I care about the people I'm surrounded with, and the way I just kind of move through life and what I'm able to do with my life, what I hate, what I've hated, and what I'm working on hating less, in fact, trying to get towards some semblance of love, is my body, the actual physical manifestation of the part of me that I actually kind of like and have a lot of self-confidence in. Um, As a kind of general lead-in statement, today's episode is all about me (laughs) and only me, no guests today, and it's our first episode, my first episode, I should say, about not the journey- from something to something. But this is one of the first topics that I've done on something because I haven't gotten to where I'm looking to be yet. The point of the podcast was to talk about journeys and getting from this place to this place, coming to realizations and what you learn. And what I want to talk about today is something that I'm still very much in the process of, and that is learning to accept slash love my body. I can't even say those words out loud, accepting my body and wanting to learn to love my body. It is I've written it down, I've thought about it, I have so many notes about what I want to say in this episode. It's going to be all over the place, so I warn you, it's going to be all over the place because this is really the beginning of what I hope will be many discussions on this topic because I know for myself and for so many other people that I've been talking to in this in this area, there's so much work that we need to do. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are doing great, great work in this area that are um, being open and vulnerable and honest and posting real photos of themselves, real discussions of their, their thoughts and their struggles and their confidence and where that comes from. And I'm not there yet. I want to be. I'm a lot better than I was. But there is so much room for improvement in this area. And I, I know I'm not alone. Um, I am preparing for this episode Um, I did a survey, highly unscientific survey, um, through SurveyMonkey, and I just reached out and I asked six questions, uh, and this all stemmed from one day I was looking in the mirror, which unfortunately we have to do, fortunately or otherwise, we have to do on the regular, just in living our own lives. And when I first looked in the mirror, it was after I had, uh, I was getting ready in the morning, I was getting ready to go to work. I had done my hair and my very minimal makeup. I'm not a huge makeup person just because I have sensitive eyes and whatever, blah, blah. But uh, I looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, that doesn't look so bad. And I was, you know, genuinely, I'm like, okay, I look okay today. And then I ended up having to stare at my reflection again for a minute. And that's when things started to shift. The longer I looked, the more I picked apart about myself. Um, I'm 47. So those the 47 years are starting to manifest themselves in bags under my eyes, um, kind of looking a little puffy. Um, I have, I've talked a lot about having lost and gained and lost weight. And this will factor into this as well. But again, at 47, having lost weight, I have, uh, remember Allie McBean, where he talked about the waddle. <laughs> The, the 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 loose skin um, kind of in the neck, and it really stands out to me, and it really gets to me. And this was just you know looking in a mirror for kind of a few seconds before I kind of got myself together and, and headed off to work. But it's amazing the narratives that we create for ourselves. And so what I want to talk about today is how. I'm trying to change that narrative for myself and to see if there are other things that you can pass along to other people as you're looking into your own narrative. Or um, I hope to have more conversations about this down the road with guests who have kind of gotten farther along that trajectory, who've made that journey from something to, sorry, yeah, from something to accepting kind of themselves into learning to really honestly and truly love themselves, whatever size they have, whatever their body is capable or not. Because... Um, when I put the survey out and there was a lot of questions around, you know, did I mean, um, you know, how I, how the the physical appearance of the body or what the body was can, capable of doing? And I very impressed. Like on purpose, I left that open to interpretation so that people could choose what it was I was asking them, whether the question had anything to do with their physical appearance or what their body was capable of. Because I think those things, while different, are very intertwined in terms of how we feel about the shell, the carcass, the, the package that carries ourselves through this world. Um, so a bit more about the survey, because I wanted to see if other people felt as I did, if their reactions changed when they first looked in the mirror, if it was just me. Um, so I asked six questions again, highly scientific survey. I tried to keep them as vague as possible. Um, And I had 205 responses. So all of this information will be in the show notes and the socials, et cetera, in case you're kind of like a a numbers or stats person and you want to see what they look like. But it was held over a period of a few days and I kind of left it open. I only advertised it on various socials. So I fully uh, admit that the vast majority of respondents are going to be people who are kind of in my circle or in my space or in my world because we're connected through social media. So um, but I'd like to hope that of those 205 responses, that there's at least some kind of variability across the sphere in terms of how people think and feel about themselves. So based on my own um, kind of look in the mirror that day, I thought, you know what, I'm going to ask people and see kind of how they relate in this regard. So my first question that I asked was, when I look in the mirror, the first reaction I experience is generally, and then I gave two options. I gave positive and negative. Um, I left it very... Straightforward. I didn't want to get into any more detail than that. I did have some responses back from people saying that um, it was hard to answer that question because generally uh, their reaction is very neutral, and so I realized that that you know is a limiting factor to the question. But I I really think that um, my thought was that more than likely you were going to tilt one way or another. Um, and it's interesting the breakdown uh, of the responses. So forty three percent said that their initial first reaction is positive. And 57% said negative. Um, and so I, I, when putting this through, I would put myself in that first category and positive because generally speaking, um, I'm kind of okay with what I see. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that they were pretty close. 43 to 57 isn't too far off. Um, uh, and then I asked, you know, the longer I look at my reflection, my initial, and then I gave three options. So my initial negative reaction becomes a positive one. My initial positive reaction becomes a negative one, um, which is my experience and why I put it there in the first place, Um, or my reaction didn't change. So the longer you look in the mirror, it didn't change how you felt. Um, Of that breakdown, interestingly, 53%, so more than half of the people who replied said that their reactions didn't change. Uh, The longer they looked, they felt the exact same way as they did in that first reaction. Uh, 17% said when they first looked negative, uh, it turned to positive. So they were able to kind of pull back and see kind of more positive about themselves. So that kind of makes me happy. And then, uh, 30% were in my camp where they said the positive becomes negative, started off positive, And then, um, things changed more to the negative, the longer they looked. So I, I thought that was a very kind of interesting comparison as well. Um, And I think this is one of the areas where it's really challenging for me to move forward because the longer I look, the longer I think, the more I can pick myself apart. And there's a lot when I look at my physical appearance, even though, you know, ostensibly and by society's rules, it has changed for the better significantly since February of this year, um... I still have so much to pick apart about the physical way that I look. And while I don't want to dwell on these parts, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge how quickly the negative self-talk bubbles up, how it takes a nanosecond for even that first initial reaction, yeah, I look pretty good today, I'm good, yep to turn into, oh, but did you look at the bags under your eyes? Oh, you still have all of that kind of neck issue going on. Um, I mean, I've had all sorts of different things that I've, I've tried to come to terms with with my own body uh, from being 347 pounds um, at my heaviest uh, twice um, to kind of where I am now in the loose skin that I live with. And I still have, you know, 50 pounds to quote unquote to lose. And again, even saying that feels like a betrayal of myself and where I'm trying to get to saying that I need to lose this weight. What do I need to lose it for? Am I looking to get healthier? Yes. Um, Am I completely unhappy? Will I be happier losing another 40 to 50 pounds? Maybe. Should I be? Should I be looking beyond my own kind of appearance in that mirror to determine my self worth? Probably not. And yet it's been so ingrained in who I am and what I've been my entire life that I don't know how to really make the switch. I've been paying a lot of attention and trying to find kind of gurus and spirit guides, if you will, f- for people, um, particularly on social media, who who seem to be doing this well. And I say that because I know, and I, I don't know, I suspect that there are hard days for them as well. And they seem to be kind of quite authentic in the way that they they talk about themselves and their struggles and the way that they feel. I think of people like Sarah Nicole Landry, so the bird's papaya, who's pregnant right now and has gone through significant body change. Um, she's She was uh, a, a one a phase, one stage and lost some weight and now is pregnant again. And so is having all sorts of kind of body changing thoughts that are, she's processing and she's very big on body positivity. And so I look to her as kind of one of those people who gives me permission to try, and I don't really need permission from anyone else, but gives me, you know, kind of permission to be kinder to myself for a lack of a better descriptor. It's why, um, I actually stopped uh, a specific Instagram account that I had created back in February um, for my weight loss. I left it completely separate, and this made complete sense to me when I did it in February. Um, I created a whole new Instagram account. It was called The Way, W-E-I-G-H, of course, back to me. Um, and this was just in February of this year that I created this account because I knew I was going to be having gastric bypass surgery in March. Um, and I'm very open about that. I don't regret having done that. It's a very significant change. And there's even parts of me that feel disingenuous talking about attempting to learn to love my body when I went and had a very radical surgery to basically reroute my body to get it to a place where I could potentially love it more, um, and, talk about that more too. But I created this Instagram account to follow my weight loss progress. It was very separate from my main account, which is where the rest of my life is on display where I talk about things. So I actually segmented my own life, my own identity to create something where I would put out content and where I would follow other people with similar content who had gone through similar experiences. And we'd show the before and after pictures and here's what I ate. And, um, and I would do weekly weigh-ins and say how much I had lost every week. And it would A, help keep me accountable, which is good. But B, it also created a huge amount of, of pressure and like quite a niche space for me to really kind of focus a lot of energy where I don't know why I was actually focusing it in the right place. So a couple months ago, I actually stopped doing the weekly weigh-ins because I didn't think it was doing me any good. It was actually having me focus on the scale too much. And I see this as a person who steps on the scale every damn day, no matter what, something else I would love to get out of, but I don't know how I'll ever find my way there, but I'd love to try. Um, I try not to fixate too much on the number, but again, I'm not there. Um, So I stopped with the weekly weigh-ins Uh, I would just kind of display them every month and then I stopped with that and then I paused more and I asked myself, is this kind of narrow focus on what the number says on the scale on before and after pictures on face-to-face Fridays or transformation Tuesdays, you know, is is this helping me? And I realized it wasn't. It was directing and diverting my attention to a space where I wasn't getting any return on my investment. (laughs) Um, and I don't know if I've ever referred to social media that way, or if there ever is a return on investment to actually get, but it wasn't helping me. I wasn't actually helping me get to a place where I needed to be. So, and I say this with all respect and profound love and gratitude to everyone else who's in that, that area and in that space and posts, uh, in there, because, Um, If it's helpful to you, if it is meaningful and motivating and gets you on a path to self-acceptance and health or whatever you're looking to achieve, then by all means, post a way and do what makes sense to you. There is no one right way. Well, there's no one right way to do a lot of things, but there is definitely not one way to figure out how to become comfortable with yourself and to love the body that you're in. So I, I want to be clear about that, too, that just because this was something where, that I came to a conclusion, too, I don't want to completely disparage that entire section of social media because I believe it has value and merit and is important to so many other people um, along the way, Um I also want to make a little tangent here and say it is entirely possible that as I'm going through this process, as I'm saying things, there will be people out there who are further ahead than me. And you'll listen to this and you'll be like, oh, bitch, please, like you are right barking up the wrong tree. This is nowhere at all the way you should be looking at things or counseling people. And I'm not counseling people, but still, but we're advising people to think about things and they would be completely right <laughs> because I'm still, like I said, I'm really hard I'm really trying hard to figure this out for myself and what works for me. So please don't take anything I say too, too seriously. Do your own kind of advice or digging or what have you as you go through and do what makes sense to you. Um, Because there's so many layers to this. Everyone's experience is different. And how you get to wherever it is that is meaningful to you is going most likely to be different from mine. But my purpose in having this episode today is to kind of find a starting place to continue these kinds of conversations, because ideally, down the road, you'll see more episodes on this topic. Uh, I'm going to do one about about the weight loss surgery, because I think there are a lot of misconceptions out there about what weight loss, bariatric surgery, whatever you want to call it, um, about how it works. People think it's the easy way out, I assure you. absolutely not true. Um, but I'd like to kind of have some discussion from people who've had different experiences there. Uh, so there's, and I, and I'd like to talk to you and have conversations with people who, as I said, are, are further ahead on their trajectory than I in this, because I am, I am damned and determined to take away as much as I can from other people who've kind of successfully navigated this path, um, and are further ahead than I am. Um, but i At the same time, I'm kind of proud, I guess, as strange as that sounds, that I've been able to get to a place where I was able to kind of shut down that account. Um, I I haven't closed it down for good. It still exists, but I don't post there anymore, and I don't kind of look at any of the notifications. I leave it up as a reminder to myself that um, I don't need it anymore. Does that sound strange? It's like when I quit smoking and I left half a pack of cigarettes in the freezer because you never wanted cigarettes or I never wanted cigarettes more than when I didn't have any in the house. So I put them in the freezer knowing that it was my choice every day not to smoke them. And when we finally moved out of that house, I threw them in the garbage. But um, it feels like that. This is my, this Instagram account is my freezer pack of smokes that I know is there if I need to go back to. But I don't because I'm hopeful to kind of move past it um, into a different space. and. Uh, So it's interesting. Again, in preparing for this episode, I sat down and I jotted down a bunch of things. It's very different when you're just doing it by yourself as opposed to talking from someone else. You have to do all of the conversation by yourself. So I thought I better kind of jot down a couple of things that I definitely want to make sure that I can mention. So I started doing... Um, you know, some semblance of an inventory about the things that I kind of like about my body or the things that my body have been able to do and the things that I don't like. And I recommend if you're going to do this exercise, make sure you're in a generally good headspace. Because if you're like me, it takes no time to write a laundry list of things that you do not like about your body. Um, And it takes a lot longer to come up with the things that you do. And if you're in a good space, that's that can be a good thing because it gives you something to focus on and to really think about and to be introspective. And if you're not in a great place, um, it can help kind of keep you down a little further than you may want to be in the moment. So, But for me, I was in a relatively good place. As I said, I'm kind of working on this and trying to get there. And when I was writing the list of things that I I didn't like, for lack of a better term, I found it very interesting how many of them are not only physical um, in terms of appearance, but also in terms of what my body physically can and cannot do. So I think there needs to be conversation and and discussion on this side of the equation as well, because not only do I not like, you know, the extra skin or, um, you know, I had jaggedy front teeth. So I got those fixed cause that was a pretty easy fix, but I hated that about myself for years. So I got that fixed. Um, you know, my my eyesight is terrible and I would love to get laser eye surgery, but I wear glasses every day because I can't wear contacts. So I started kind of adding these things to the inventory. Um, random things that you may not know about me. I have very, very small red blood cells, <laughs> right? Nothing about the rest of my body is small except my nail beds, so I could never wear those fancy press on the Sally press on nails or anything like that. I can't do any of the Jamberry or any of those sort of things because they just don't fit my nails. They're too small. So I have teeny tiny little nail beds and I have really, really tiny red blood cells. And what does that mean? I don't carry iron very well. I have a weird kind of anemia thing. I'm tired a lot. I get headaches. And so, you know, that's annoying just that in and of itself. I also have, um, As you've heard me talk about the infertility, I am still mad at my body, even at 47 years old for having PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, which ultimately led to me not being able to have children. Um, As a woman, you are told, rightly or wrongly, that the most fundamental thing your body is supposed to do is to bring children to this world. And mine couldn't. I wanted to. It wasn't that I had made a conscious choice, which I 100% respect for people who decide that children is not children are not something that they are um, looking to kind of bring into the world, and into their world. Uh, that was not my choice. I, I wanted to have children, and my body betrayed me, for lack of a better term. It would not allow me that, its most fundamental kind of purpose, if you want to drill it down and be really handmaid's tale about the whole thing. But so that's something that I wrestle with. On a, on a multitude of, of days, on a multitude of basis. I feel betrayed by my own body because it wasn't able to do for me the one thing it was apparently created to do. Um, and I also, I haven't talked about this either, but I also live with a modicum of daily chronic pain, as I know so many people do. And this is where I acknowledge that there are a ton of people who have it way worse than I. Um, as weird as it sounds, I have tendinosis in both of my biceps, um, which means... I'm in pain all the time. I uh, Certain ways I move my arms are excruciating. I can't lie flat on my back because my arms hurt too much. I have to usually sleep with my arms over my head. Um, and again, not the end of the world. Uh, I've seen physiotherapists, massage therapists. I'm finally going to see um, a sports-slash-pain doctor November 2nd. So cross your fingers that this one can actually give me something. But, you know, living in chronic pain is... Um, You know, the number one way you can look at your body and say you're betraying me because every single day it's fighting back and reminding you that something's wrong and something hurts. And that's not a fun way to live your life. So it was super, super easy for me to kind of put this list together of all the things. I'm like, you jerk. All these things that you're doing wrong are causing me pain or causing me physical pain, um, metaphysical pain, (laughs) emotional pain, you name it, it's all there. Um, So I have this nice long list and it's literally sitting beside me right now. There's like bad and good. And then on the good side, uh I literally honestly, all I have written is half marathon <laughs> that my body was able to, you know, kind of get up and train for and hustle and come across the finish line of a half marathon. I mean, obviously there's a number of other things that kind of spring from that, all the training and what I was able to do and the fact that I can still run, but you know, I I was like, well, I'm sure there's other good things that my body can do. It gets up every day and it moves around and I can walk. And I'm you know grateful for all of those things, especially when you do have pain. You become very grateful for the places in your body or in your life where you don't. But it's really hard to come up with a list of, of good things that my body has been able to do or that I actually like about my body. Um, I've kind of like my eyes. I like my smile, especially now that I got my teeth fixed. And I feel zero regret or um, vanity in saying that. It was something that really, uh, since I was nine years old, got me, I would see the first time I looked in the mirror. Every time I looked in the mirror, every photo, everything I was trying to smile would hide my smile, got my teeth fixed, life-changing. So that's been a really interesting kind of trajectory is looking at the things that I like about my physical body and my physical appearance versus the things that I don't like. It's kind of a form and function (laughs) way. Um, And I've Find it's becoming even more challenging when I realize that I have both form and function challenges, barriers, issues, areas that I'm looking to improve on or that I wish could be changed. And the reality is some of those things won't ever change. So that's why I think I'm working so hard to get to this place where I can go from kind of like anger to acceptance, because if it's not going to change, why am I investing all of this energy into kind of hating or feeling bad or feeling sorry for myself or, you know, any of the above over something that is not ever going to get better, ever going to get different even. Um, So that's kind of part of my learning. And that segues into the third question that I asked. Look at how cleverly I did that. I wasn't even planning on it, but here we are. Um, the third question that I asked in my survey was if I could wave a magic wand and change something about my body. Um, again, looking at those things that we can and cannot change or things that take great effort, sometimes Herculean, sometimes that are impossible to actually do for certain people. Kind of like how they say, oh, well, you know, if you just, if you're overweight, if you just eat better and exercise, then you would be just fine, which is the number one thing that drives me crazy that people say. Uh, when I asked the question, um, 96% of the 205 respondents said that they would change something about their body Uh, it was interesting I got some of the feedback was um, again on the form and function line people saying that I would change something about my physical health as opposed to my physical appearance or the way my body works versus the way it looks Um, which again is why I left it open to interpretation because there is so much that has to go into this conversation about learning to love your body about how it works how it looks all of the above which just makes it so damn complicated and hard this is hard stuff Um, and 4% said that they would not change anything. Um, and I, I have, I am all snaps and high fives to those people. I, and this is in all sincerity. I, I, I think it is fantastic. I would love to know if if you are one of those nine people who said you wouldn't change anything about your body, I would love to have a conversation with you because to me, you've kind of gotten to that place where you are really comfortable with who you are and how you look and how you feel and how your body moves and operates and does all those things. I would love to know how you got there. So I, I'm 100% legitimately serious. I want to continue having more of these types of conversations because I think they're so important. And um, if so, again, if you're one of those nine, I would love to talk to you. So please connect with me if you're up to it and would be up for having a conversation. I don't think there's anything, um, you know, boastful or anything along those lines. I think to be able to answer that question, saying that no, I wouldn't change anything about myself, is kind of the. Peak meta of what I'm attempting to achieve, so I say that in all seriousness. Um, I wanted to mention too, one of the questions that I asked was um, how you identify, because I knew my survey results were going to tilt heavily towards women. Um, I just know that that's uh, in some of the places where I asked the questions, the vast majority of people in that space were female, um, or uh, people who were going to respond to something like this on my through my Facebook page, for example, we're going to tilt female. So of the responses, um, I asked, I identify as Uh, I asked for she, her, he, him, and they, them, just to be fully inclusive, because I think these, the way that people identify is going potentially to change their responses. So I was curious um, of my responses. I was not incorrect. 96% identify as she, her, 3% as he, him, and 1% as they, them. So when I pulled out the male responses, just because I was curious on a couple of things, there really weren't many differences. There were only six respondents for men. So in order to be statistically significant, six is not a really kind of high N to get us to that point. But a couple of the things that I um, that I found interesting from their responses were into two questions. Um, the, the longer I look at my reflection, my initial reaction doesn't change. All six respondents said that, all six male respondents said that their reaction doesn't change. And uh, when I asked the question about waving a magic wand to change something about their body, all six Every single male respondent said that they would, and I found that very interesting, and it just reinforces to me how much stereotype, how much um, strange connotation there is that this is a women's, more primarily a women's um, issue, that we are more kind of wrapped up in how we think and feel and how our self-worth is determined by how we look, Um, and it's not. It really isn't. Uh, It was, again, it's only six men. But for these six men, every single one of them, if they could snap their fingers or wave a magic wand, would make a change to their body, either in the form or function space. So I found that very, very, very interesting. Um, Some of the other things that I am kind of really trying to work on is coming to grips with, uh, again, how my... How do I find self confidence for my physical appearance when I have a lot of self confidence? And I'm trying not to sound braggy here, but I like who I am as an individual. I like what I can do. I mentioned this at the top of the episode. Um, I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish in my life. Um, I've had many opportunities for which I'm exceedingly grateful that have gotten me to a place where I could go to, you know, great schools and and get and my further my education. So I have a BA in political science, and I have a master's in public administration. I've been able to kind of translate those into wonderful jobs where I feel like I've excelled and done a good job. Um, I've become involved in my professional organizations. um, From, you know, the time I was in high school, I was elected, I was president of my student council, you know, I was in bands and drama and, you know, volunteering all the way through. I care about my fellow people. I'm a, from a love language perspective, I'm a, the giving of gifts is very important to me. I like giving gifts, so I'm I feel really good about who I am as a person. Do I have stuff to work on? Sure, I, I think everybody does, and I think the only way to keep growing is to acknowledge areas where you could be deficient to keep moving forward. Um, I'm now the you know the leader of an organization where I'm able to kind of take the things that I've learned and to move them forward for the benefit of the entire organization that I support, and I love that. Um so I have a lot of self-confidence in myself in who I am as a person, as a partner, as a as a CEO, as a volunteer, as someone who works in our sector, as a friend, as a family member. Um so I've got I I can do self-confidence. I can feel good about myself in those spaces. Maybe maybe too much sometimes, but I can feel good about that. What I can't feel good about and what I'm still struggling with is how to feel good, how to feel about how I when I look in the mirror. Um, I mentioned earlier that I had gastric bypass surgery and that I started that other account in February. So that's when I was doing the, the preparation for surgery. Surgery was March 3rd. Um, I started the prep February 11th, I want to say. And um, today is uh, October 25th which interestingly is one month since I dropped the first episode of the podcast. So tangentially, thank you to everyone who's listened to everything so far and hope you're enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it. So one month in, that's a good sign. Um, But I mean, since that time, since February, I've lost about 110 pounds. And so that's been a significant transition. And I will say, um, talk about being pulled in 1,200,000 different directions. I post pictures, less now than I used to, but I used to do a lot of the comparison, you know, then and now, before and after, those sort of things, because I do, I still do, I have to admit, I still find them motivating when I look at myself and I see the difference in me and I know how I feel. Um, But when I post those pictures or when I would post those pictures or when I post any, because I don't post a lot of full body shots of myself lately, I just... I'm a selfie person, first to admit it, totally self-absorbed. But it's, selfies are fun things to do with, with groups of people, socially distance, of course, these days, or just to capture something that's going on, some fun piece of clothing you bought or new glasses when I get them or whatever. I like me a selfie. and But you know, obviously the limitation of a selfie is that it's usually your face and maybe to your boobs. (laughs) That's about it. It's kind of all you can capture. So I haven't really taken a lot of full body shots with the exception of um, two that I've taken in the past week. And I kind of almost did this on purpose. Um, I bought a new dress that I really liked. I was wearing them with fall boots. I took a picture in a full length mirror and I posted it. Didn't compare it to anything else. Um, just kind of posted up saying, you know, two things I realized, um, I I like the way I look in green and I need new fall boots because these ones have serious slouch. So that was kind of literally it. And I will tell you, um, it's hard when I post those pictures, it's, I, I, full photos of myself now that I've lost 110 pounds, get more, comments, reactions, likes, etc. than almost anything else that I post. Um, and I like taking pictures and pictures of all sorts of stuff, I took pictures of a ceramic pumpkin this morning filled with a couple Halloween treats, because you know what, I like the way it looks. Um, so I post this picture and it gets more, like I said, more comments, likes, and they are also, it's wonderful. And I don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. It, that's not it at all. Um, it's, it's lovely and it's wonderful and it's heartwarming to see so many people say nice things and, you know, you look fantastic and greens, your color and way to go. And, um, and it's, so that's, that's nice. And the flip side is, uh, how do I even put it? I think, I think back to would those same people have posted similar type comments and some of them totally would have. Um, don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage my friends by any stretch of the imagination, but when I was 110 pounds heavier, had I worn a similar dress in a size that would have fit me, um, and I wouldn't have been able to wear boots because I have calf issues as it is now, but how would those responses have been? And you know, what I do love about my circle is there are people who have been there for me that have been supporting me, that have been my biggest cheerleaders that have said positive affirmation things um, from the get go. There are people who now um, looking at those pictures, 110 pounds down will say beautiful then and now. Um, And I know that I fully believe them when they say that it's not, it's not BS it's, it's true. And they, they believe it that way. Um, But it is such an interesting kind of experiment to see how many people say so many positive things because we are conditioned to say that smaller is better, smaller is healthier, less plus size is better than more plus size. Um, And again, I need to reiterate, this is not to to slam anyone. I don't want anyone to feel bad about making a positive comment on a picture that I posted. That is not at all what I'm seeing. Um, And I really do appreciate, you know, those those comments and they do help because what you can't hear, what you're not seeing for me is when I post that picture and I'm thinking about it is when I look at that picture, I see um, the space between the bottom of the dress and the top of the boot that is nothing but fat spilling out the sides of the boot. Um, that's what I see. That's it. That's what I see. That's the number one thing. I'm smiling. And so, you know, I am I took about 27 pictures probably to get to that one that I decided was okay to post. But what I see and what I fixate on is the way my legs and thighs, the top of my, uh, just above my knee, look in that picture because there's still, I still quote unquote have weight to lose. And this is what I see. And this is why I still have work to do. Um <laughs> obviously so much work. And I think we all do and I think it's this is a new ish Maybe not. People have been talking about the concept of body positivity forever. And I really, I, I so highly admire that people who are so active in the body positivity space and love the skin you're in and, you know, beautiful at every size and everything. And I 100% agree. And I am mad impressed with the people who have the self-confidence and the wherewithal to post photos of their plus-size bodies in um in bra and underwear sets and that you know proudly display their stretch marks and and their skin and and all of those things I am beyond impressed because I know I for a bunch of reasons but I just I know for myself that is not a place of comfort that I would find that is not something that I could could do, um, for a couple of reasons. One, the biggest one obviously is I just would never feel comfortable putting a photo like that of me out into the universe. I mean, if I'm criticizing my knees, <laughs> if I'm criticizing my own knees, um, and deciding whether or not to post a picture because I don't like how my knees look, I can't imagine how I would feel about myself and the anxiety that I would have in putting that into the universe. And I also, you know, strangely as, as the leader of an organization. With a, a very minorly somewhat public profile, I have to be careful of kind of when I'm when I'm posting in that area as well. But the biggest driver is that I just I can't I can't imagine being in a place where I would feel comfortable. And that makes me in that much more awe of these women, because again, the vast majority of the time it is women who put themselves out there at great personal risk. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, my God, have you seen the comments on some of these posts? What these women, again, um, have to go through and have to process, and the vitriol they receive, and the disgusting, hateful, vile Comments that are directed their way, the DMs that they'll sometimes share by people who say they're well-meaning, but are just horrifying and and vicious. And for what? Um, so to put yourself out there and to put that out there so that other people who look like you feel better about their skin they're in the service that you're doing, and I, I don't think can be over exaggerated um, because it comes at a psychological cost for you to post as well. So to everyone who's in that space, I think of people like um, full-bodied Becca, um, who's you know, very vulnerable and, and kind and just you know gentle. Uh, she seems to be such a gentle soul. I don't know how else to describe her. And she really kind of puts herself out there you know, quite for the benefit of strangers. Um, and I find that just heartwarming and engaging. I think of Alicia McCarville, um, who a fellow Canuck out Nova Scotia who, uh, lives every day with humor and joy and just bombast and just rocks it and gives zero Fs. I'm really trying hard not to swear on the podcast, but I want to say it, but she cares not what anybody thinks. And I adore that. Um, and I, I, I relate so hard to kind of how she puts herself out there and how much she just loves life and her place in it. And so, um, you know, all snaps and street cred to her. So, and there's tons of places tons of accounts and such that you can follow if you're looking as I am to try to get to where they are or where they're going, because I don't know if they're fully at a place where they want to be, or if their evolution is continuing and is, is a long process. Um, but those are definitely some of the accounts that you can follow. And, you know, just if you are um, someone who is is looking at those accounts, um, depending on how your mood is that day, you may or may not want to read the comments. And for in the name of everything holy, from someone who doesn't believe in holy things, but still, please, if you have any inclination whatsoever to drop a mean comment or to tell them to go eat some carrots or to do some push-ups, you know what, please just, you know, dial it back just step away from the Instagram and channel your energy elsewhere, would you please? Because you might think you're being helpful, but you're not. You know what? You know why? Here's why. Because if you want to know, if you actually have questions about nutrition, here's what you should do. I suggest you talk to a fat person because I guarantee you that most people who are fat, um, overweight, whatever you want to call it, pick a descriptor, any descriptor. We know a lot about nutrition. We really, really do. Um, you know, it's not just as easy as. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I wish I had known about carrots. That would change everything. Uh, you know, overweight people can tell you all sorts of things about kind of macros and how many calories come from a gram of protein and how much you should be getting every day and and calories in versus calories out, which I know everyone talks about, but isn't necessarily a thing for every person. And I don't care who you are. It's true. <laughs> calories in and calories out is not necessarily the magic mystical potion for every single person. Um, I would love to be one of those people who sees food as fuel. That is my ultimate dream. Honestly, if I could wave a magic wand and change one thing about the way my brain works, it would be to see food as fuel and not punishment, not reward, not comfort, not something that has to be finished. If it's on my plate, I would give anything to be in a place where I see food as fuel. Um, I know a few very fit people, um, who are excellent athletes. They're very trim and very fit and have nice muscles and great bodies that I would, you know, kill to swap places with in some of my weaker moments. And the one thing they all have in common is they see food as fuel. And that's a life changer um i think and it's also why it's so hard i think and i'm extrapolating here internalizing maybe but it's also why those people have such a hard time understanding the position of the person who is bigger than the person who is plus size, the person who is overweight and trying to find love for themselves in that body and in that space. Because if you see food as fuel and if you don't use food as comfort, if you don't use food as a way to celebrate things or to mourn things, um, chances are quite good. You're not going to have the same kind of, you know, food intake issues or processing issues or exercise issues or any of those sort of things as those of us who, Um, who do. I mean, it's not like being an alcoholic. Everyone who says, oh, you know, you just change the way you eat and the the way you exercise. You know, you have the opportunity. Just stop eating, you know, bagels or cream puffs or whatever it is they think that fat people eat bonbons on the couch. I don't know. What's the the ubiquitous term that people, that thin people, let's say, think that fat people eat? I don't know. Popeye's chicken. Pick something. Um, The challenge is it's not as simple as that. I mean, it's when there are so many things that are tied into that, uh, it's just not as simple as making those changes. For some people, it's a socioeconomic issue. Let's face it. Healthy food is the most expensive out there. You know, it's cheap pasta, rice, potatoes, bread, all of the things that tend to, and I'm, and I, am painting with a white brush here, but that tend to push people into kind of sugar spikes, insulin spikes, etc. um, good, healthy, quote unquote, good food. And I hate the concept of good and bad food. It's something else I'm trying to move away from. Oh, I was good today. I was bad today with what I ate. That's one of the harder things for me to talk myself out of. But good food versus bad food, um, healthy versus not, whole versus processed, however you want to categorize it. Um, whole foods, uh, vegetables, etc., cetera, meat processed, like not processed meats, are so much more expensive than their quote-unquote less healthy alternatives. So imagine now that you are trying to get healthy and you are, you know, not in the highest socioeconomic status and and you have to choose between whether you're able to buy clothes for your kids or food to feed them. um, You're going to have to, you may tend to tilt towards something less, with less intrinsic nutritional value. How about we put it that way? This is what I mean when I said I was going to screw stuff up. There are so many different ways to talk about all of these things. There's so much terminology. There are so many things that are less triggering, that are less stressful in talking about the concepts of diet culture and weight loss and body positivity. And I'm still learning them all. So I, I ask for your continued patience with me as I kind of mumble and fumble through all of these. But um, I'm really hoping to learn more as I go about how we can be describing these things and how to have these kinds of, of conversations and not only with each other, but with ourselves. Uh, i'm I'm talking a lot to myself these days, and I'm having conversations that um I've never had before in trying to get to that place where even if I can't get to fully like full on loving my body, like trying to get to more to a sense of acceptance and reverence, if you will um on any of the days that are really hard when I'm feeling extra lumpy and bumpy or Um, I put on a piece of clothing and I find it really accentuates an area of my body that I'm not really happy about in that moment. I try to center myself and get back to, um, the moment when I crossed that finish line from the half marathon, I bank a lot on that half marathon, but you know, the fact that this, I always call my, my body a carcass, but that my carcass was able to, you know, carry me 21.1 kilometers and cross that finish line and, and actually accomplish that, um, holds me in a lot of stead. So, uh, I don't know if, if you're looking for advice or if you're also on this journey and you're trying to get to a place where you can figure something out, find something, you know, physical that you've accomplished and try to, you know, take yourself back to that place and remembering it. Even if it's, you know, some days it's getting out of bed in the morning, putting your feet on the floor and walking to the shower. Um, they don't have to be grandiose gestures. They don't have to be half marathons, but you know, that would be my advice is trying to find a place that can help center you and remind you of what your body is capable of, as opposed to where and what you think it might be holding you back from. My little pearls of wisdom for today. Um, Let's see. My last um, question that I asked in the survey, so this was question five, and it says, my body shape and size does not define my feelings of self-worth. And when I looked at the question afterwards, um I wanted to make sure that I put shape and size because those are can be two different things. Your body shape um can influence how you feel about yourself. But I was kind of mad at myself because I realized it was kind of grammatically incorrect. It should be my body, shape, and size do not define my feelings um, I've self-worth. But anyway, I digress. Uh and this one was actually pretty close. Um 53% said that they agree with me. So my body shape and size do not define my feelings of self-worth. 53% said yes. Um, so obviously they look beyond how they look and feel to determine how they feel about themselves, which I think is a good thing. But 47% um, disagreed. So obviously 47% of us um, in the 205 people in my highly undying zip survey uh, said that, no, it really does have an impact on how I feel about myself as a human being. And so I think we all have a lot of work to do. We all have areas where we could try to improve, to go easy on ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, to be gentle (laughs) with ourselves. And I mean, I'm not talking kind of in a woo form or anything, but just I'm And this is where I struggle so hard because I'm trying to come to a place where I can give myself permission to feel kind thoughts about my body, despite my brain automatically going to unkind thoughts when it looks in a mirror, when it looks down at my thighs, when it looks at the extra skin that I have right now. And again, I'm seeing this from a place of, I'm a size 14, 16 right now. I can I can shop almost anywhere and don't even get me started on what's available in terms of plus size fashion, in terms of having, you know, a much smaller array of retailers from which to shop to everything. You know, still there's been a lot of progress in plus size fashion, but I mean, Frumps are Us is still kind of the front runner in terms of what most of the clothing looks like and not having a lot of shape or... Um, and if you do find something that's 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 shapelier that makes you feel good you're going to pay an f and fortune God I want to swear you're going to pay a, a a ransom to get those items of clothing, um, which again means you have less variety for yourself because the more you have to spend on each individual item, the less you have overall for your clothing budget. And when we're looking at a place where we're trying to get people to just more generally feel good about themselves, when depression, anxiety is on the rise, we're in the middle of a global pandemic with physical isolation, we're about to go into winter, it's getting darker, all of these things, yes, by all means, let's now, you know, reduce the amount of choices you have for what you can put on your back and try to make yourself feel good because it's so expensive to buy plus size clothing. So that's my little rant for the day. But I mean, I can, I can shop almost anywhere now um which is still weird um and I still process feelings of not good enough areas I don't like about myself and I don't know even when I was at my lowest so I've uh, remind people I've lost a bunch of weight before regained it all and then a little bit more and then I'm I'm on the process to to loss but even when I was at my lowest it was like 182 pounds um It was, I could instantly criticize things about myself from a reflection in the mirror almost more quickly than I could when I was at my highest weight, which is a mind F in and of itself that, you know, you think the whole point of trying to lose the weight is because it's going to make you happier. You're going to look better, feel better. And let me tell you, you sure as hell are going to get treated better because both times I've lost the weight, the Um, The interactions from strangers are completely different. The sideways glances, um, everything is completely different from when you're overweight. I mean, I still, again, having lost um, a portion of weight that I have now, when, and I mean, obviously it happens less because I'm in public less because we're all in public less. But when I used to get on a, a TTC streetcar, let's say, or the subway, and I would see two people kind of laughing to each other, I would always assume that they were laughing at me that was my number one place that I would go because they would see me, the fat girl get on. Maybe I was rushing. I was disheveled, whatever. I was running to catch the subway. And my automatic assumption when I would see two people laughing is that it was about me. And I think back to that now, I think, you know, how sad is that? But that still hasn't gone away. It's lessened a little bit when I don't take the subway anymore because I don't commute. And two, because I'm not around people anymore as much, but that doesn't go away. It doesn't go away overnight. And I, I assume I'm probably not the only one who kind of thinks and feels that way. And again, this is the, the kind of side effect, the bumpy road, the, the, I don't know what else you would call it. The, you know, the sidekick to being overweight since I was 10 years old. Um, this has been a kind of a constant feature in my life and it's going to take a lot of like psychological untraining to tell myself that that's not the case anymore. I mean, it's the same, like, body dysmorphia is so real. I look in a mirror sometimes, or um, I, there used to be a building on University Avenue at King. I would walk up from Union Station when I worked downtown Toronto, and I would catch my reflection. It's a long glass building. i catch my reflection sideways, um, and again, this is when I was thinner, and I would be shocked because I didn't see myself that way. I didn't it took a moment to to connect that that reflection was actually mine because my head told me I was still the fat person that I see, that I saw in my head that was not reflected in that glass. And every day then when I would walk by, I would try to process it and get to a place where I would understand. And then the reverse happened as I was starting to, as the weight started to come back on. It was only when I saw myself in a few pictures that I was like, holy crap, have I really gotten to this place where... I'm this size, I'm this quote unquote big again. Um, so your own brain works so strongly against you in trying to process kind of how you look and feel the concept of body dysmorphia. And, and I'm here again, um, down 110 pounds, trying to kind of figure out what I actually look like right now. And it's it's tough. So there's so many, many, many things to navigate. But all that to say, I'm trying. Um and I'm really trying, honestly, for the first time. Um because there have been so many people who are working so hard to kind of blaze this trail at varying weights, Um, people at various body shapes and sizes that are out there saying, you know what, we need to be talking about this more. We need, there are too many other competing things for our energy, our brain power, (laughs) our time in the day. We don't need to be, you know, directing or redirecting any of our energy to feeling badly about ourselves, Um, which is easier said than done. And it's definitely kind of one of those works in progress. Um, And I know I'm not the only one by any stretch of the imagination who's kind of wrestling with these concepts and trying to figure out what do I need to do to get to a place where I feel better about who I am, how I look, how I feel, and how my body works. So I've droned on well long enough, almost at an hour now of nothing nonstop me talking about of this concept. And I, I'm going to stop here because I really want, um, well, first I want to thank anyone who's actually kind of sat through this and listened. And if any of it resonates with you, please know that you're not, um, you're not alone in struggling with these concepts of, um, fear and loathing and liking and loving and, you know, trying to get to that place where you feel better about who you are, uh, on the inside and the outside. And having those two kind of senses of self-worth properly line with one another. If you are open to having a conversation um, on the podcast here with me talking about your journey, um, either if you're stuck <laughs> and you're like me trying to get to a place where you want to make it better for yourself, and maybe you want to be a better model to your children if you've got daughters in particular or sons that need to understand the concepts of you know, all bodies are good bodies and, and kindness to yourself and to other people, um, then, you know, I would love to have that conversation with you. You'll hear in just a few minutes on how you can contact me and reach out. Um, but I, I really want to have a lot more chats on this subject because, For me, from a very selfish perspective, this is something that I know I need to work on, that I have to get better at because I am in a place now where I finally realized that this is a journey that I can take. This is a journey that I need to take. And to get to the other side is really, really where I want to be. So um, I hope you'll kind of come along with me. I look forward to some time in the very distant, not too distant, who knows future where we can make this an actual to from episode or sorry, from to, why can I never get that right? It's my own concept and I still can't get it right. Uh, a from to episode, because in those episodes, it means we've come through on the other side, as opposed to an on episode, which is what this is where we're still right in the middle of all the messiness that is the attempt <laughs> of the journey. So, um, If you relate, I hope I haven't kind of brought you to a place where you're feeling even worse about yourself. That is the last thing that I want to do. Um, and I hope that you will, uh, then kind of join me on this journey to just finding whatever path makes the most sense for you. And I'll find mine to come to a place where we just generally feel better about who we are and the skin we're in. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for listening for the past month. Hope you'll continue to stick with us. And uh, let's definitely keep this conversation in particular going. Do everything you can to try to love yourself. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in to Theories of Evolution. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Check out the show notes for resources that may be of interest. And I'd love it if you could drop a review on your podcatcher of choice. There's always more to say and so much more evolving to do. So if you have ideas for future episodes or would like to join me to share your own theories, reach out, email me at evolutionpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on the socials, evolutionpodcast on Insta, at evolutionpod on Twitter, or theories of evolution on Facebook. And don't forget that's Shan, S-H-A-N, because I simply find it impossible to resist a good play on words. That's all for now. May we both be a few steps further ahead next time we connect. From today to tomorrow, never stop evolving.